0: Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scenes learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, Inspiration and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I am excited to be speaking with the founder of Revolution Gelato, Jared Olkin. Jared, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Jared, can you open it up and just talk to us about what exactly Revolution Gelato is all about?
1: Yeah, so Revolution Gelato is all about taste. That's really where we stake our flag. You know, there's lots of great ice creams out there and great non-dairy products out there, but um, where we really differentiate ourselves and plant our flag is on leading with taste. That this is an indulgent moment. You know, you should be treating yourself. This is a, a moment to take a break, to enjoy, to celebrate, to pity yourself, whatever it is. Right? There's all these moments that we have where where ice cream plays such a big role. And there's no reason to settle for something subpar. Mm. So we lead with taste, but at the same time, you shouldn't have to sacrifice on your values or anything else to, to get that. And that's for us, what makes the big difference. So you have that same taste experience that you'd expect from any top tier dairy ice cream, but ours happens to be plant-based and made with simple, clean, organic ingredients.
0: Okay. What came first being plant-based or wanting to do ice cream? Like, how did you merge this world together?
1: Both, I guess. Um, I, I grew up in an ice cream family. So my actually my great-grandfather and grandfather had uh like a little general store in Hell's Kitchen in New York, and they had a soda fountain in the back. So they were making little ice cream sodas and all that stuff and you know, eating it every day. And then my my mother, who actually was in the first graduating class of women from the Culinary Institute of America, always had a dream to open an ice cream store. And she did that when I was in middle and high school. So I grew up eating this like super indulgent, super premium, you know, homemade, full fat ice cream. So I've always loved ice cream. And then later in my life, I started moving toward a plant-based diet, tasted everything that was on the market and was a little disappointed. So I started making it and just got completely and utterly, no pun intended, Obsessed. So it, it was kind of the, the merging of these two things of, of this love of ice cream that I'd always had my entire life and my kind of newfound lifestyle and trying to match those things together.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm first of all so envious that you grew up with your mom having an ice cream shop. You must have had the best ice cream all the time.
1: Like I did. <laughs> I did. I, I have it three times a day. I mean, that was my like after school hangout. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. <laughs> I yeah. can't deny it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then you you're starting to be plant-based and you want to kind of marry these two. Was your, I'm so curious. What was your mom's thoughts on that knowing like her experience with ice cream and with the full cream? What was her thoughts and was she able to help you out along along the road?
1: Um she, she so she's always actually been very supportive of me period um and in this endeavor. But it was funny. I remember, you know, I, I pretty quickly, after a month or so, I had kind of a first recipe that I was happy with where I was like, this is better than anything that's out there. And she's like, you've got to take this to Whole Foods right now. She's like, this is the, the, the best vegan ice cream I've ever had. Um, and I was like, we don't even, like, we're way before that. Um, but, um, but that said, at the same time, she's also in some ways been our, our harshest critic because, you know, and you think, like, oh, your family's always going to be like the easiest, you need to go get that, like, True feedback, but you know she'd eat it. She'd say, "Oh yeah, this is good," and then she'd go get a pint of dairy ice cream. And so until that stopped happening, until she stopped asking to go to you know a dairy ice cream store to, and was happy with what we had, that was where we knew, okay, we're we're really onto something here.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, when you convinced when you brought her over and convinced her to yeah. have this all yeah. the time. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it sounds like she's been such a great like inspiration and, and helping push you to the best product possible out there.
1: Absolutely. Um, and also, I think just a role model in the sense of really pursuing a dream of hers and taking risks and just going after it.
0: Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Business uh, and entrepreneurship, not necessarily a straight road. Um, all the time. And there can be lots of ups and downs that come with it. On that note, talk to me about one of the biggest lessons that you have had while you know working through this business. Um, one of the biggest lessons that you've had that kind of leads you to a place of wishing that you knew then what you know now.
1: There are many. <laughs> um, yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes. So I think the biggest is understanding what it takes to succeed and making sure that I have that together. Um, I think I came, you know, there can be a lot of advantages going into a business naively, um, right? Because you, you, you question the, the basic assumptions that everybody else is taking. That's how a lot of innovation happens. Um, and I think on our product side, that, that was helpful, but I think, I came into uh, like the, the CPG and retail business as difficult. And it takes a lot of capital, and it's nuanced, and it takes experience to be able to do it right. And I had none of those things. So I tried to grow this business undercapitalized from day one. I didn't have a team around me that had any experience, other than some advisors, but advice only goes so far. You really need to be able to execute it. So I think if I had had those, we would have uh, we would have been a lot farther than we are now, um, much earlier.
0: What kind of got you to shift and kind of implement on some of these pieces that you've uncovered? Then, um, what does your team look like now, and what kind of what did that look like to get there? And and what made you kind of be like, okay, I can't do this all alone. <laughs> I need, yeah, I need some other support here.
1: Yeah, so um, we we launched, we first came to market, I should say, in 2015, in the summer of 2015. And things started to grow pretty quickly from that point, because we, we really do have, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but a, a great product. And so we came out, we won some awards out of the gate, competing directly against dairy. We started getting placements in local independents. We got into Whole Foods, started working with the local distributor, all this stuff kind of trending in the right direction. And then it sort of stalled. And uh, a lot of that was driven because of these gaps that I had. But I don't think I fully recognized that at the time. And I didn't really know how to go raise money or where to go raise money from. And so we kind of flatlined or we'd move forward and then have a setback. And, and I kept pushing forward. Perseverance is certainly something I'm not lacking. And then, but it came to a point uh, two years ago where um, we had just had a, a, a big blow. And I looked at, Where we were, and I was like, I've been doing this for four years. We're really not, in a sense, further than we were two years ago. We're in like the same place. What's going on? You know, like something like clearly just that on its face, something's not working. And I I had kind of a soul searching moment of, do I want to keep pushing on this or not? You know, do I think there's, I think one of the hardest challenges as an entrepreneur always is like, when are you in a dip that you should keep pushing to get through or? Have you, should you just quit and move on to something else? You know, there's, there's an opportunity cost there. And so I took a step back and I said, is this something that I really believe in or is it time to move on? And, and I looked at it and I said, you know, I think there's really still something here. I just need some help. And so um, someone who's mentored me on and off from another ice cream company said, you know, now might be a good time for you to look at an accelerator program. And so I did and ended up applying to and joining the first cohort of the Big Idea Ventures Accelerator which was obviously the first cohort. It was new, and they focus on plant-based food companies, um, which is exactly where we are. So I joined the Accelerator, and through that process, I was able to kind of step out of the day-to-day of running the business, see some of these things that had been holding us back around the team, around the capital, around the, our awareness, the fact that we had this amazing product and nobody had ever heard of us, and as well as, um, as, as the price point was another thing that was a, a challenge. And so we took that experience, finished the accelerator, basically right before the pandemic really started to break out, and um, and so used most of 2020 to look inward instead of outward and just address a lot of these obstacles. So I brought on uh, an experienced VP of sales who's got you know 30 years of sales experience, including an in ice cream. Um, I brought on a head of marketing um, who I'd worked with on a freelance basis before for some of our design work who, you know, grew Honest Tea and uh, has worked with No Evil Foods and other, you know, marquee brands and really talented, really knowledgeable people to help drive in those areas where we just didn't have the experience or bandwidth before.
0: Was that a tough transition for you? Like that sounds like a big leap. And in a way, 2020 was kind of a blessing in some ways where it had Gave you the opportunity to step back, but that's a big shift from where you were. What, what was that like? Was that an easy, or were you like kicking and screaming along the way?
1: <laughs> no, I was. I was. I was excited. I mean, it was really stressful because we were also like running out of money, and you know. Um, but I was able to raise enough capital to support that restage, so it was exciting because you know. I think every time I've I've brought somebody in who has experience within a matter of weeks, I'm usually very grateful and wondering why I didn't do it sooner. Um, So, so it's actually, it's, it's been an incredible experience. And I think just over the last two years, I feel like a lot of the lessons that I wish had uh, solidified earlier have started to really crystallize for me. Mm. So we're still in the in the thick of it. I mean, there's still we we kind of launched this restage a couple months ago. Um, we're still going out getting new placements. We still have a lot of work to do to build awareness and trial and get our you know fresh brand and fresh products out in front of people. Um, we're definitely not out of the weeds yet, so to speak. Um, but but it's exciting. You know, we really feel momentum. Um, And I know that now we're really on the right track.
0: That's got to feel so great to like feel grounded back in that. And, you know, going through that accelerator really helped you see, is this what I want to keep doing or not? And I think there's a lot of ice cream lovers out there. And gelato lover out, gelato lovers out there that are able to be very grateful that you're continuing to push forward with this
1: <laughs> it's true you know that's something i remind myself of because obviously like it's it's one of the things any day you know your mood is so affected by how things are going and you get bad news one day or you know a truck can't make it whatever it is it can really affect how you're feeling you're like, why the hell i'm sorry why am i doing this but then you remember, you know, I, I just think about how many we and we get these messages all the time of how much of a difference we're making in people's lives. And that really, that really does make an impact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes those tough days a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your brand, I I think it's fantastic. It definitely stands out on the store shelf and definitely stands out as like revolution gelato can you talk to me a little bit about that in terms of do you land on this right away to kind of have this like spray painted look did you guys have to go through a bunch of iterations on this yeah how did you land on the look that you have today
1: yeah we definitely did not land on it immediately this is i think our fourth iteration so the, the person who's now leading our marketing i first started working with him on packaging design um a few years ago and it was one of the things that we felt like we really needed to change up. If you if you dig around, you can find some of our old photos and it, it looks like it's out of the 80s. So we knew like the packaging needed a refresh. And that was um that was where we ended up with this kind of spray painted X visual, um, something that nobody else was doing in that space that we felt really aligned with our brand and our ethos of kind of something that's that's honest and raw and um, a little edgy, but not like Aggressive and, and fun, right? Um, something that you can really be creative and fun with. And then when we went through this process this past year of updating our formulation, where we knew we were going to have to print all new packaging and all this stuff anyway, we said, you know, let's take the time now that we're doing this to revisit our brand, revisit our, our look and our feel and see if there's anything that we want to change. And as we went through that process, we did find which. Usually happens as soon as you get your product out on the shelf, you look at it and you're like, oh, maybe we should have done that a little differently. So, so we did find opportunities, we think, to, to kind of evolve that look a little bit more. And, and now I think it's a little bit cleaner, a little bit easier to work with. Uh, we show the product in a way we hadn't before. Um, and I think our brand voice, which we're continuing to try to develop, is coming through uh, a little more strongly.
0: That's an exciting, exciting place to be. And I think that, that where you stand... Um, just with your unique look, you you guys can have so much fun with that brand voice. And, and I think you do that a lot with your imagery uh, right now. And it's, it's fun and a little rebellious, let's say. It's just fun, you know, yeah. um, in, a, in a great way that makes it really stand out from some of the other like perfect like ice cream little shots here. We've got some uh, a little bit more personality and like real life pieces, too, which I think works really well with you guys.
1: Well, that's good to hear. That's that's what we hope for, you know, trying to be real. It's funny, you know, you shouldn't have to try, but sometimes through these formats you do. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Easier said than done to just be, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about um, where you guys are headed next. Like what do the next three years look for you guys? If we were to jump into the future and we're talking three years from now, what would you be saying has helped you get to that next level that you're at then?
1: So I kind of view this in, in two phases. There's There's phase one, which is this year where we've just completed all of this updating work. And now it's incumbent on us to prove that it actually is working. So right now it's, about building some of that traction showing um the sales velocities getting those first placements with the retailers that have that are pulling us in and saying like yeah this product's doing well right these changes that you've made are are really translating to sales on the shelf to consumer engagement etc um and that then following that we we then have a platform to really start growing rapidly So I would expect that in three years, we'll be a $10 million company nationwide and like 5,000 doors and, or more, and really starting to take off from that point. Awesome.
0: I look forward to seeing that growth happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We kind of, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) You're like, that's what I'm working so hard for. Um, we talked about it a little bit before uh, regards to some of the lessons that you've had along this journey. Uh, for anyone listening right now who is at the early stages of their business or maybe thinking about launching a business for the first time within the CPG space, uh, what advice would you have for them?
1: Do your homework um, is really the, the biggest advice. Like, And then I think here's the challenge. And I think this continues to be a challenge. I was just talking to... to my team about this today. I think one of the hardest things as an entrepreneur is knowing which advice to take. There's plenty of people offering advice. some of it is really good. Some of it is really bad. If you try to listen to everyone, you're just gonna be spread into a hundred different competing directions. that's one of the biggest challenges, which I think goes on no matter what your size is. But yeah the, the biggest thing I would say is you know if, if you if you know where you want to go with it, that's probably the biggest first decision is like am i trying to grow this in the fast startup that's going that i want to you know grow to tens of millions in 5 years and get acquired that's a very different path than if you're like i have this great product and i want to grow small and slow and organic and have a lot of control over it and see where it goes those are totally different business models they're totally different paths they have different capital needs and team needs so i think really knowing the end goal and then talking to the people who have done that and know how to get there and understanding what you actually need to be able to do that right, that's that's like, at that early stage, the biggest thing.
0: Absolutely. And who who helped you with that type of advice there? I mean, probably like, I would assume your mom was one of those people that was able to help with that. But um, did you have those people in your court then?
1: To an extent, yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, at first, it was just you know through kind of my personal network or my parents' network, I was able to find you know some advisors. And in the early days, it was mostly generalists, not necessarily people who had specific expertise in CPG or food. There were a, a couple exceptions, a couple people on, on who were kind of in this informal advisory board which also i had no idea how to make the best use of at the time um i remember trying to hold these like board meetings with six people and it was like it was a total mess and nobody told me hey why don't you just have one-on-ones with us and ask us what you need to ask us it's like, yeah. so that's what i do now which works great but but yeah so i had them helping i, I did form a couple relationships with other people in the in the food business so um like uh, Keith Schroeder of High Road Ice Cream. I've had conversations with him from, I don't know, dating back probably eight years or so. Um, And they were uh, someone I looked up to. And I mean, I still do. And, you know, there are always people willing to help along the way. Mm -hmm.
0: That is something incredible about the food industry, I find. Uh, Good people. Right? It's good people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really is a group of fantastic people really willing to help each other grow and share learnings. Um, and that is one thing that makes this industry so special. Okay, I've got one final question for you. What is your favorite flavor of your ice cream? Of your delight? Uh, the, the hardest question. I know, I know. Um,
1: <laughs> um, so I've got a cop-out answer, which is, which is that it really depends on the day. The fact is, I I think all of our flavors are really excellent and true to flavor. So, you know, I always tell people, whatever your favorite flavor is, that's the one you should get. And so for me, it's just a mood thing. Um, I will say lately, I really find myself gravitating toward our mint chip, which is a, a new flavor that we just came out with. But historically, chocolate and coffee have been my favorite. The other day I ate the mango and I was like, oh my God, I forgot how good this is. <laughs> um, so sometimes I even surprise myself. You know, that, That's the irony of it too. You make a product like this because it's something you love so much and want in your life, but then you get so focused on doing it. It's like you forget to actually eat it sometimes. Right. I mean, I eat our gelato almost every day, but I don't always eat every flavor. Um, or you're always in R&D, so you're trying the new stuff instead of the stuff that you actually made that's already ready. But, yeah. That's my answer.
0: Oh, I love it. And you're so right. Depending on the mood, you know, different flavor for the occasion. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm a dark chocolate fan personally. So your dark chocolate looks oh so good.
1: Yeah, it's it's something special. We we, you know, it was really hard work tasting all of the various chocolates and cocos to find just the right ones and just the right balance. That's the hardest part of the job.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's so many nuances in there and you've got to taste yeah. a lot to get to get it right. But Hey, you've got a product that people. Yeah,
1: somebody's got to do that hard work.
0: Someone's got to do it, you know. Oh, yeah. Shoot, it's product tasting day again. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for doing all that hard work to give people this fantastic product and everything that you're doing with Revolution Gelato to get this product out there. And really excited to see you guys grow. And where can people find you right now if they're like, "Oh man, I need some Revolution Gelato in my life"? Where can they find you?
1: So right now, our retail footprint is dominated on the east coast of the US. Um, So we're in Whole Foods in the south and in Florida. In the mid-Atlantic, you can find us at uh, Mom's Organic Market. We have a store locator on our website, revolutiongelato.com, so you can go find what's closest to you. There's a, a bunch of independents filling in there as well. We also ship nationwide so you can order on our website. We are actually offering free shipping through the month of May. So great time if you're trying to, to give it a shot. Now it's definitely the right time because shipping frozen food is expensive. <laughs> but those are, those are right now the places to find us. We'll have many more coming on this year.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to watching you grow. Thanks so much for sharing, Jared.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. it has been a pleasure.
0: That's it for this week, Food Friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrands.sellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.